Good evening, and I'm Robert Edward Booth. It's May 28th, Sunday, and I'm doing my Saturday ministering. Well, I'm all, I'm awful sorry about not doing it yesterday, but one thing led to the next, and the day was over. So, fortunately, I don't have a large congregation, so to speak. I, I do my podcast Saturdays normally, but this time it's going to be Sunday, and I do apologize. So, I've been studying, you know, a little bit each week to share and minister for the sake of Jesus Christ, my King. And and I encourage that you make Jesus your King, but I don't minister the same message that you get in an Orthodox church. I'm a Gnostic minister, so I look into the esoteric side of real knowledge you know there there's real knowledge and then there's church knowledge you can't you know say that you know what you do not really know that's written in letters in red you know jesus compares the ones that are saying they know what they don't know to, to vipers vipers being serpents so Obviously, that's an undesirable thing to be, is a person who projects knowing what they do not know. So, I don't minister just from the Roman Catholic Bible, which was entirely created by Romans right after the Battle of Masada, a revolution from the Jews about the uh, oppression coming from Roman occupation of their Mediterranean region. So, after the rebellion, Rome developed this Bible and church system off of what the Jewish people were doing, worshiping God. So, I have dug around or scratched around, you might refer, and located as much true knowledge about my king and his kingdom And I try to share that as a mystic. I'm a a student of the fraternity order, fraternal order that you refer to as the Rosicrucian order. I'm a member of that fraternal order and I study esoteric knowledge, inclusive of things that the organized church does not lead the masses by. I I minister according to this research and this true knowledge that I can share even though it's not in agreement with the Orthodox Church there. That makes me something of an anti-clergy. An anti-clergyist. There was a group of those in Europe uh, back few hundred years ago referred to as the anti-clergyist movement so I'm something of an anti-clergyist because I don't support the mainstream or orthodox church's message you know so when I study the esoteric side of life the, the spirit world you know, do you hear me? The, the spirit world side of life. How 
I'm affected, how my relationship with that divine spirit affects me and others. What things that I believe that divine spirit wants me to experience, explore, expand upon in my life to make a better relationship and respect for the Almighty in, in every way that I could possibly develop and materialize this way before this divine spirit that Jesus taught his following to serve the light serve the light and the orthodox church has you serving God well that seems like you'd serve light by serving God that's really got a lot to do with the difference in a Gnostic ministry mine is a Gnostic ministry true knowledge and versus what the Roman Catholics developed right after the revolution of the Jews due to the you know occupation that the Romans had occupied their territory and were oppressing them by charging them tax and, and things uh, just running their social order as everybody in that region was being made subject of the the Roman order. So, I've got lots of things on the website, threeoaks1.com, to support a view that is separate, like a second temple, you know, like a second temple might be. Um, the the Knights Templars, you know, you've heard of the order of mystics called the Knights Templars, and and they they have a temple, a system of worship, separate from the Catholic Church. So the Knights Templar have their own temple, separate from the Orthodox Church's temple. Jesus was supposedly supposedly to have had a second temple and theologians which are people that study uh, religious things from that far back they're theologians they find in their research that Jesus' temple separate from the Jerusalem temple that they had him so many times in the Bible confronting the leaders of the church about how things were, you know, operating there at the church temple. So he had, according to these theologians, a second temple like the Templars have, and he was the priest, the the high priest of that second temple. Now, in my research, after I scratched around, you know, a lot of places that you wouldn't ordinarily include if you were just an average, you know, citizen. You, you wouldn't include much different than you go to church, you pay your bills, you live a life that's approvable by the other church people, you know, so you, you accept what they've got set up to go to church on Sunday. You might even go to Sunday school, but you can't say you know 
everything you're being taught because you're not taught by the Jews. You're taught by whatever the Romans were willing to, to tell that the masses of people that were, you know, being ushered into this Catholic church system. So I'm studying the esoteric side where what what goes on in the practices that you can find Jesus Christ in the following of early Christians that before all the book burning that the Roman church did with the Greco-Roman book burning before that and you know that group that followed Jesus was was let in on things that that they don't tell you through the church so when I look you know each morning after after studying with my fellow Rosicrucians in this mystic order I've found that you know your relationship with the divine spirit in this sea of energy called spirit that sustains everything that is and I I looked all around for, for things that synchronize with that type of an insight and and I find that the Wiccans and the, uh, the elemental magic even agreeing that the spirit side of the elements where you have your fire and your air and your water and your earth you have your fifth you know the top of the pentagram when you have five points on the star you, you have the symbol for magic this pentagram even though they try to put it satanic it's a symbol for magic to some and, and then the the fifth point on that star is, is the, the spirit and, and that spirit is in everything and, and is the creator uh, energy the creative energy that brought forth anything that is and sustains it so when I look at Gnostic teachings, that what agrees is that the Gnostics believed that above, above this God that the Jews uh, bowed to, Jehovah Adonai, and there's different names. There's quite a few names. I don't have the exact number for this God, and and. And in Gnostic teachings, the the profound world, everything that you and I know about, including the unseen factors, you know, if you if you feel spirits and things, then even those, the non-physical side, was created by this demiurge. The, the church doesn't tell you anything about an evil demiurge. Well, that's in a story by Sophia where Sophia and Pistis and 30 divine beings are behind this Paroma. Uh, then so Sophia creates her own, her child without her male counterpart, without permission from the divine or anything, just 
just up and decide to create her child that way. So, when you read in the, the Gnostic teachings and compare it with the Orthodox, you find that there's this evil demiurge. And, and scholars, scholars now, when I look at what synchronizes, have it that Jesus taught of an evil demiurge creating all the profound world. So that agrees more with your your Gnostics and the fact that this demiurge created everything. But listen, there's the monad, M-O-N-A-D. This monad is mightier and has more authority than God, which is strange, but it's, it's what the Jews believe. They believe that God, this demiurge that created everything we know about, was their God and, and, and did create everything that we know about. So the Jews bowed down and revered in, in the sense that they kept the, the laws of, of this demiurge. Now, another thing that, that I noticed was Jesus did keep the law and everything that I could find being as responsible as I could, Jesus did keep the law. Now, if you'll notice in the Roman Bible, it talks about Gentile won't keep the law, and they left room for that. The, the, the law was for the Jew. Well, that's fine if those documents are, are true. And and really, as far as putting you in the, in the corner on things is, listen, the... the rabbinical law, the laws of the keepers of, you know, Jewish tablature, scripture, laws, the rabbinical order had to maintain that. And at any time, if some other uh, person or people touched those laws and written uh, ordinances from this God they served, then nobody is responsible and listen, before that God, for those rules that this God has handed to these people. So when you look at synchronization the Wiccans the, the, the new witchcraft movement that's going on, they they have pagan gods and, and they, they will make you know altars before these pagan gods so that they can be in touch with that energy so they can connect with this deity or this pagan god. And, and when I look at that and how it synchronizes with the Jew and this evil demiurge that they're connecting to, bowing to, calling him God. Um, but I see Jesus keeping the law, the law that that God made. Now, you're not responsible as far as being cornered into keeping the law. Whether the Romans uh, gave you exactly what the Jewish law was under that God, you don't know. So really you're free in the sense that nobody's responsible for those words in front of that God if, if anybody touches it. So we're off the hook there. We're not, we're not blamed by that God. Now, 
I study the esoteric side of, of things, the spirit world side, and what we are responsible for upon the liberty found in the, in the fact that we're not responsible before that God that gave these Jews this word. When, when you look across at the other, you know, altars that are built before pagan gods, so they can connect to that deity. So you're responsible not to that God because it's been touched by anybody, but listen, if your conscience, if, if that inner person, the, the psychic side of you, your spiritual self, if you can feel that the light showed you something, even inside yourself, listening to that inner man or woman, don't, don't bicker that, but listening to that inner self, if you know that's wrong, then if you know it's wrong, there's a natural law because you naturally know and you have that innate ability to know. And most people do. And so if you know that's wrong, then you are guilty and accountable before this divine spirit, monad, but before this mon monotheistic spirit, God, that takes the place as authority over even this Jewish God that Jesus did keep the laws of at that time. In all my research, I find that Jesus, even as the second temple, kept the law. So whatever evil Demir Jesus was written to have spoken about, that doesn't make any sense. Why is he serving this evil Demir? But see, that's where you can be an evil Demir and still give good laws good laws to your people. So they referred to him as God, at least the conventional church brought it on through that God, you know, and, and fine if he was the demiurge that made everything you and me know about, there, there's a sense of reality there. But, but given that the monad is really the fatherly, listen to me, quote, fatherly position, the Gnostics would refer to the monad, the authority over God, the authority over this evil demiurge that was created by Sophia. She created the evil demiurge who created everything we know about. There's documents that show where that demiurge had spoken out. These Gnostics had somehow probably the Akashic, you know, exploring the Akashic realm, the spirit world that knows everything from the beginning to the end if you can uh, gain access to this insight by way of this spirit then the knowledge is there so they they somehow had you know uh, extracted the fact that this demiurge had spoken out that that I am the only God out of all the 30 divine beings behind the pluma upon being created by Sophia, this Demiurge still projects to the whole lot of them that, that he is the only God out of all of them. And he just is the only God. So one of them speaks up. And I wish I could help you on which one. One of them speaks up and tells this evil Demiurge, you 
are a fool. Tells him, you are a fool. For someday there will be an enlightened man who comes and takes you down. So having Jesus keep the law does not necessarily remove this knowledge of an evil demiurge from my king. You know, hopefully Jesus is your king. I won't force feed that to you. I don't need salvation. That's a whole other message. Oh, you're going to hell and everything else. Well, I'm an anti-clergy. Naturally, I'm going to hell if I speak out against the clergy. But Jesus taught his following that he need not die to save them because God already loved them. And the divine, the divine spirit does already love you as best I can find anywhere. Like the Islamics, they just believe that grace is within the knowledge of the divine that there is grace to be found and and you ask for forgiveness to the divine and this monad having authority over this god that the jews had called god and gave them laws jesus somehow as a member of that society he was that culture that was he was born of it his brothers and his family were of that culture so he was keeping that law and I'll present that argument in different places where Jesus was a yoka like me, a sacred clown or a holy man, you know, a yoka. You'll have to look that up, a, a super empath. And so there's things, ways that I determine you can look at, listen to the other podcast about Jesus being a yoka. So, but anyway, whether he agrees to, to, to bow to that God or whether he's, you know, crossing it up and skirting that religion, which Hayoka is noted by the Native American description of Hayoka, that that Hayoka can skirt a religion while he repairs it. Being a holy person, he can skirt that religion. So if Jesus did sidestep in any way, this evil demiurge is still referred to Father, why have you forsaken me? He can be doing that in essence, in essence of this fatherly position that the monad is referred to this fatherly position. So, Father, why have you forsaken me? Can go, you know, into that skirting that religion so that he can repair it. So, you don't know that Jesus is of that same God. Matter of fact, I'm a minister. I do my digging and my homework for you. So if you take 25 minutes and listen to the book of Judas, the book of Judas, which came out about 150 years AD, I don't try to deceive you, 150 years AD, which 65 AD is when the Romans were slaughtering the battle of Masada, you know, finishing that battle against the Jewish revolution. So... You know, 65, 80 more years from, from beyond when they started the construction of the Bible, the book of Judas shows up. And it says that Jesus was talking to Judas. It says, I'm not even of the same God that you are, Judas. And, and Judas was a Jew, so he would be under Jehovah who gave him that law. So even if Jesus wasn't under Jehovah, he can still say, Father, why have you forsaken me? And mean this fatherly position. So along the lines of, of studying the esoteric side, the spirit world side, having a good relationship with the divine spirit, this 
sea of energy that it, it, you might compare to this monad, when there's no influences but that sea of energy, then that is the divine and has complete authority over everything that's created, all physical or flesh or earth in comparison. When you look at the five points of that star, the, the magic, that the pentagram can be used as a symbol of magic. You you have your earth and your air and your water and your and your fire and then you have your you know spirit so you have five points on that star so everything is underneath that spirit as far as the spirit being the monad and all the power that sustains and created everything so this god this demiurge is not necessarily the monad and the monad sustains everything so you can very much have a relationship with the divine. Now, one thing that I can share with you in ministering is how every day since I started my uh, fraternal order, I've learned about meditation. And several times a day, I'll put in uh, meditation tapes, you know, like, you know, digital form nowadays, but tapes of meditation sounds and intentions on what directions I want to go with my meditation. And in the morning I do my vowel sounds. The Gnostics did their vowel sounds like the order that I belong to and, and they believe that helped them function behind the paroma. I assume that that's the veil that these witches talk about. Oh, today the veil will be lower and you'll start being more sensitive to some of the stuff going on behind the veil. Well, I think that's what they're talking about behind the paroma. So so I do my morning vowel sound. You, you can learn them if you really want to, but, but I do a vowel sound, you know, chant that three times and, and try to attune. They'll call it be be centered and attuned to the divine. Centered and attuned. I watched a video from a guru who is, you know, like a an Indian guru, the the Indians from India. The, the, he's talking about, you know, how the temple is really a matter of going into the temple, spending time with the divine, and, and having the right energy of the temple and your moments with the divine in that peaceful place to attune, attune a word, attune your energy so that you are balanced for the day, so that good things will happen to you, so that your energy is centered and attuned. So meditation and balancing, attuning, like going, like entering into the temple, a holy place, separate and apart from all the other chaotic energies you deal with and and find some peace long enough to adjust your energy for the day now several times a day I might stop and listen to a meditation tape and attune my energy to the divine or, or the cosmic the cosmic energy so I've learned to do that and I've learned to do my vowel sound and, and prayer, you know, time alone with the divine, a, a relationship. Now, one thing that I learned about was something that 
in a practical definition, now there's there's more to the Kabbalah. They talk about Kabbalistic magic and Kabbalism, things like that. I'm not going that far. I'm just talking about a basic practice of the Jews, the Israelites, that were still practicing Judaism. Judaism, not Christianity, but, but laws of Judah. And, and they were keeping Judaistic practices and laws. They used to believe in, in the simple form of Kabbalah was just more ways to love your God and to love your fellow man or woman, to be politically correct. So you love your brothers and sisters and you love your God. Like the two greatest commandments, you know, love yourself as you love others and love God with all your heart, mind, and body, and soul. That is a very Kabbalistic, in essence, idea. So when you try to have this relationship with this divine spirit, this sea of energy, then you can be a little bit creative like these early Jews or Christian uh, Kabbalistic tribal practices of discovering and developing better ways to love your God and to love your brothers and sisters. So that's my message for today, that the esoteric side or the spirit world side has to offer mystic insights like attunement, like psychic attunement, balancing and centering through meditation and prayer all day, some type of maintenance, and then practices like the Kabbalist practical version of Kabbalism where you just develop and expand upon practices that would better love your God and better love your fellow man, you see. So you develop not only healthy energy from the times that you pull off meditation or prayer, but practices where, like turning the cheek when somebody, you know, smites you on the right cheek, you don't have to get into a big fit with that person, you can turn the other cheek. Now, you think about that balancing and attunement that goes on when you are when you are pursuing that. Why would you destroy what you had pursued to develop a healthy energy and balance and centering with the divine? Why would you destroy that over the likeness of somebody smiting you on the right cheek? Now, you see where I can pray for my enemies, you see what I'm, I can pray for my enemies, rather than fighting with them, as long as there's nothing physically going on, and again, sowing good energy to the situation, healing the inside, listen to me now, healing the insides, the inner function, the, the, the dynamics include the realm of spirit, Heal that spiritual energy by praying for somebody who's done you wrong. Or maybe do good for them in some way. You know, somebody's talking about them. I, about them, say, well, you know, say something. You know, well, I know that person goes through right much, and maybe change the subject. You've still done them good. That's healthy energy being sent 
maybe you don't have to be intentional, but it rece- it's received because we all inter- intertwine or are connected. At, at the very root of our connection, we are all souls and we are all within this divine spirit's creation. So we're connected. And, and somewhere inside your soul, you know what goes on, even though you're not completely consciously aware with these other people that you're affected by. So healthy spiritual practices reflecting an understanding that the divine, great and terrible, great and terrible spirit, all the good and bad that ever created came up by emanations, if you like the word, emanations coming forth from the divine. That's why you have God and the devil and duality in this realm. God and the devil being the good and bad, being reflected emanations, if you will, coming forth from the very divine, great and terrible spirit. So that being inside everyone, both sides are there. So you do all you can sowing to this good and avoid a worse conflict and and more imbalance, more imbalance. Do you hear the word imbalance? more imbalance where you spent time meditating doing vowel sounds stopping for prayer you're attuning yourself you're centering yourself you you turned the cheek you prayed for somebody you've done some good for somebody. those are all good unless the conflict becomes physical you are continuing to sow to the healthy spiritual side and by doing that the outside of the cup becomes clean you know what i mean first the spiritual side and hopefully before anything develops that'll work and and the the physical side will just diminish because you didn't feed that energy you fed it good instead so looking at the esoteric or the spirit world side of things that's what i do and i'm robert edward booth and i I bring it to you every saturday i'm sorry today's sunday i i kind of skipped play hooky yesterday i apologize i don't have a big congregation so Hopefully you'll see me next Saturday. I'll see you at the website 3oaks1.com. We'll learn more about practices that give you balance and attunement to that divine spirit. A healthy relationship reflecting practices that better love that divine spirit and better love that divine spirit in everything else. Respectful of the right place, the right time and order for things that go on, you know, reflection of a healthy relationship with the divine and i hope to see you again every saturday i'm robert booth robert edward booth the anti-clergist see ya at threeoaks1.com